0: everybody, and welcome to Stories and Stuff with John. You've made it all the way to episode seven. A little bit later in the show today, I've got a story for you called The Room. It's a mysterious tale of The Room. But first, I'm excited to have with me today in the studio a guest. I want to introduce you guys to Eric. Say hi, Eric.
1: What's up, guys? So let me uh,
0: describe what I'm seeing here. I am seeing a muscular Adonis of a man, (laughs) beard, long hair, at the same time, if it throws down, I'm going to come out on top. Amen. I could totally take this guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, I'm excited to have Eric with me here today. And mind if I ask you a couple questions? Sure, let's go. Yeah, so you have kind of a, an interesting thing that you do. You carry a cross around, both around Central Texas and in even different countries and different areas of this country. Tell me a little bit about that. How did that get started?
1: Yeah, I, I've been carrying a twelve-foot cross on my shoulder for almost fourteen years now. Um, you don't have it now. Not now. It wouldn't fit. <laughs> wouldn't fit in your office here. But uh, yeah, it's it's about eighty-five pounds. And uh, interestingly enough, I had a dream uh, a long, long time ago that I was standing on a highway. And I heard this loud noise behind me. And when I spun around to see what it was, I saw Jesus. And he had this giant cross on his shoulder. He was out of breath and it looked like he had been hurt really bad. And he drags the cross all the way up to me where the bridge of his nose is almost touching mine. And he says, will you remain with me? And in that moment, I had this thought that he had asked lots of people to walk with him and tell his story. And they had left him and immediately right out of my mouth I, I I didn't even try to say it it just popped out it said yes lord I'll remain with you and then just like that the dream the dream ended
0: wow and so you woke up and just decided I'm going to do this <laughs>
1: yeah. no I I woke up and thought at the time I I, I had a relationship with Jesus but it was an er, I I just started following Jesus and I didn't know what that dream meant so years later I was um with my wife and we were talking and God had laid it on my heart to build a cross and actually start walking and, and telling people his story. And that dream flashed through my mind like a like being hit by a train. And I was like, I think this is what God's asking me to do. I mean, I had a dream about it. I think I should really walk and talk and share the story of Christ with people. So that's what I've been doing.
0: That's amazing. And you have a book coming out that tells some of the stories from that? Is that right?
1: Yeah, I have a book called Jesus is Real. You can find it on Amazon. And then also it's going to be on Audible and iTunes uh, to listen to it. So uh, check it out. It's Jesus is Real. Wow, that's amazing.
0: Okay, so last week... Uh, I told a story about God speaking to me in a really unusual place in an unusual and unexpected way through both the voice of Tom Petty and the voice of Homer Simpson. So uh, you said you had a story about Tom Petty as well. So I would love to hear that.
1: That's right. Yeah. Um, So when my daughter was about, I think, 18 months old, she was crying in the middle of the night and I got up to check on her. And I was holding her, and she fell asleep on my shoulder, and and I dozed off as well. And no kidding, John, I woke up in the middle of the night holding my daughter and hearing a voice singing in my room. And it was an audible voice, and I heard, uh, No, I won't back down. No, I won't back down. All I want is you. All I want is you, and this voice just kept singing this song, and I felt the love of God from a Tom Petty song. The Lord was singing, "You're all I want, I love you, and I will not back down, no matter what it takes. I will show you that I love you."
0: So, were you just hearing it in the air? Or was the
1: radio on, or no? Just middle of the night, quiet, and I just, I just heard a voice singing. In in my little daughter's bedroom.
0: That's uh, that's funny because that's actually the same song I talked about last week. Really it's an amazing song. God speaks to many people through it, I guess. That's really cool. Yeah, awesome. Well, hey, thanks for coming on the show today, Eric. Um, stay tuned and listen to the story if you want.
1: Yeah, you guys are awesome. Thanks for having me. All right. Yeah, we appreciate Eric coming on today,
0: even though he is an Adonis of a man. Coming up next, the room. following is dedicated to all my friends and listeners who have lived outside of America. There are many, many cultures out there. All over the world, you'll find different people with different traditions, customs, ways of thinking, ways of communicating, different everything. The world is not what I had imagined growing up, that there is only America and not America. I have been shocked, shocked, I tell you, shocked, to find out that America isn't really the center of the universe. Denmark and Japan have similarities and differences, and those have nothing to do with the US. In some countries, they don't even speak English. In some countries, they do speak it, but pretend not to because, well, they're French. And in still other countries, they speak English as a second language, somehow vastly superior to how I speak it as my first. Looking at you, Sweden. So to all my friends who have lived abroad, our experiences of not America will not be the same. Your Buddhist land has very little in common with the post-religious culture or the Islamic one. I suspect there may be one or two differences between Dubai, Istanbul, and Afghanistan. And yet, yet, I suspect we have all had some universal expat experiences. One in particular, the room. I bet if you've lived anywhere outside America, you've been to The Room. You didn't want to go there, and if you'd ever been there before, you wanted to go again even less. But you had to. You had to visit The Room. The Room has desks. That could mean five, or it could mean 50, but it is certain there are desks. And you've been sent to this room, in this building, on this day, because you need something from one of these desks. Maybe it's a paper, maybe a stamp, maybe a signature. But you need it, and you're not entirely sure how to get it. In this room, there are also signs. These signs have arrows indicating that some desks are for some tasks, and other desks are for different tasks. And no matter what they say, I am confident that none of the signs directly mentions the task that you're there for. At least as far as you understand the words, your thing isn't there. But you don't understand all of the words. You don't speak enough of the language yet. So which desk do you need? You're not sure. You have no confidence about your desk-choosing ability in this moment. You're not even 100% sure you're in the right place. You are as confused as an Aggie at a Mensa meeting. Oh, are there Aggies listening today? I'm sorry, I love you guys. I shouldn't have said that. I will um, try to keep my words to one syllable from now on, okay? So it's unclear if you're in the right room. And to add to your confusion, there are other rooms in this building with other desks, and maybe even other buildings with more desks right next door. Yet your best guess is that you need this one. Now, now that you know the room, the question is, how do you get to approach the desk? Well, you need a number. And that's one thing you did figure out, you, you think. Well, actually, at this office, there are two series of numbers running. When you got to the number machine, there were two categories, maybe three to choose from, to get a number. So which category do you choose? Again, you don't know. That's the difficulty of the room. So what did you do? You took both, didn't you? You just up and took a number in each category. For one series, you have number 74. It is currently at 49. For the other series, which is inexplicably four digits, you have 1,048, and it is at 1,002. Because, and this is a rule, when you get to the room, there are always 46 people ahead of you. And so you wait. You wait, and you watch. You watch people wait for their number, and then go to the right desk when their number is called. But you also see another fixture of every room. The men. The confident men. These men come in with stacks of papers, and the men go where they please, talking over customers at desks, getting answers to questions and quick little stamps without waiting in line. They transcend the desks, these men. They are important, and they visit three or four stations in a matter of minutes without even taking numbers. Oh, to be a numberless man. And still, people come and go, never seeming to be remotely confused about which room, which desk, which task, like they were born with this knowledge. Toddlers come in to get their paperwork dealt with and instantly know which floor, which room, which desk. You? Well, get used to it. Your first choice will be wrong. I have, I kid you not, been through this process once when I explained in my year-and-a-half-old Turkish what I needed— they did it for me, got me the document I thought I needed, only to have me take it across town to the people who wanted it and have them look at it confused because not only was it the wrong document, but I was in entirely the wrong office building. The people who did the paper that I needed were around the corner from the original office. The women who gave me whatever I had were just being nice, I guess, humoring the confused foreigner. And this is where culture comes into play because it's likely that one of two things have happened. Option one, you got to the wrong desk or asked for help in your broken language skills and the person seeing your somewhat helpless state got you what you needed even though it wasn't actually their job. They walked you where you needed to go. They explained to their colleague they were nothing but helpful. That happened or they made it clear that in their eyes, you are an idiot. How could you not inherently know the stamp that you needed is only acquirable by those who have gotten a different stamp from one specific desk in a different room and then brought to the station one to your left? Babies know this. You are a fool. So apparently, I may have some issues to work through there. (laughs) But the point is, we've all been in that room, right? All right, I hope you enjoyed that little glimpse into life overseas, something that pretty much every international worker has gone through. And um, my international listeners are really important to me. Uh, I actually got an email this week um, from a company that does uh, analytics for podcasts, trying to recruit me for some business, and they let me know. And uh, I hope you're sitting down for this. But this podcast on Apple Music, on Apple Podcasts, is the 33rd most popular performing arts podcast in Lebanon. So big, big fan base in Lebanon. If you're out there in Lebanon, write in. I'd love to hear from you, and maybe you can help me book a tour. Uh, We'll take this show on the road. Um, I would love to do that. Anyway, it's time for Feedback. Now, last week I asked you a question about encounters that you may have had when God spoke to you in an unusual way, like the Tom Petty story that we heard earlier, and none of you responded, not one of you. And uh, I'm okay, I'm secure, and uh, my feelings aren't hurt. So I'm going to give you an easier question this week, though. Hopefully this will uh, catch your fancy and you'll write in and give some of your thoughts. I want you to imagine with me for a second that for some reason you're going to go live on a secluded island or be launched into space. Basically you're gonna be somewhere where you don't have much access to the outside world and there's there's not good internet there and you don't have much capacity to take things with you. So beyond all your clothes and all that, you have room to take ten movies. These ten films will be will be the only ten films that you can watch for the rest of your life. What do you bring? Now, I'm not asking you to give me all 10. That's too hard of a task, I think. But give me your three or four that come to mind. I'll give you some of mine. One of the first ones that came to mind for me is The Truman Show, because it's my favorite movie of all time. The Jim Carrey movie about a guy who doesn't realize his whole life is being broadcast on TV. It's tense, it's funny, it says a lot about life. I think it's brilliant. That would definitely make the cut. Another one that would make the cut is Babe. Yes, Babe, the pig movie. Now, let me just say, you got to remember, this was nominated for Best Picture. Time Magazine called it, I think it was Time, called it the Citizen Kane of pig movies. Okay, it's a great movie, very rewatchable. Another one from the 80s that makes the cut for me is Amadeus, the original, not the shady director's cut, but the original, you know, it's almost three hours long. It's a It's, again, funny, entertaining, and it's about music, so it really connects with me. Got to get some sci-fi in there, so I'm thinking Serenity, the uh, film conclusion to the Firefly universe that Joss Whedon created. I think it's great and, again, rewatchable. And a more recent movie, uh, La La Land. I love La La Land, I think. it's As silly as it feels to say, La La Land. I think it's a great movie and a really interesting uh, question to ask. Is it possible to be passionate and devoted to two things instead of just one? So those are those are five of mine. I don't know what the other five are, but I'd love to hear some of yours. If you've got feedback on that question, I'd love to hear from you at stories and stuff with john. That's gmail.com. That's stories and stuff with john. At gmail.com. And as always, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll have our next show in about three weeks. I'm doing some traveling in the next couple of weeks, so it'll be a while before I get the next episode out. So look for that. But in the meantime, write in and let me know about your movies. I'd also like to close by thanking my son, Joshua, for providing all the music from the opening uh, theme song, which is called Dad's Theme, to his piece, The Mountain, which we used as a bridge earlier. And to close, I'll play you that in its entirety. Have a great week.